Here we go. We're, we're rolling. This is episode number 246. Thank you very much for uh, being here, for downloading, streaming, however you're getting this. Uh, this podcast is no laugh track podcast. We're here at Acme Comedy Company. It is Easter week. Uh, you just heard some music there from Circle of Heat. We played their music there at the beginning. Did I say my name? Justin Severson? Yeah, still me. Still me. Lucky guy who gets to host this each week. I'm happy this week because I am here with my old pal Derek Hughes, who uh, we're going to get into at some point. He's going to describe to me how he's not an inhuman. Nice. Huh? Yes. You like that little tie-in there, Derek? I did like huh? that tie-in. Yeah. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah. I'm doing great, Justin. How are you? Very good. I 246 good. episodes? Mm-hmm. 246 episodes. I've been That's here. years of episodes. I have been here a minimum of 246 times. <laughs> so, uh, once when, a week. When you originally you know, had the thought of doing No Laugh Track, uh, now 246 in, was it a good idea? Uh, I didn't come up with the idea. They came to me with the idea. And so my answer of saying yes is I still stand by that. Very good decision. Yes. Very, very good decision. A L- lot, uh, lot of journeys. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to think back of uh, the... Just even like going like the so much has changed. So much has changed yes. in my life from where I started in uh, things have changed a bit here at Acme. Uh it's crazy. It's in the world, I love. in this city. What's that? In the world, in this city, in I, comedy. I, I would say so. And I love the fact that, uh, you know, the first year, you know, a lot of so – I had relationships. I knew some of the people that were coming in, like you, for example. Like you didn't come out you know, the first time we recorded. You know, we knew each other before that. Plenty, I didn't. And it's a lot of fun now that we're several years in to have, a, you know, like an update with people and kind of follow up on, you know, where they were a year ago versus where they are now. Sure. I love it. Absolutely love it. Now, in the club books, you know, uh, there's sort of a, a home stable of, of headliners that yeah. have the honor of playing this stage on an annual basis. Yeah. So that means you're seeing a lot of this, uh, you know, kind of frequenting friends and Absolutely. seeing people that you've seen in the past. Uh-huh. And, yeah. it's good. A lot of times it's even like the same time of year, which is cool. Sure. You know? It's the seasons. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. It's Derek Hughes season. It's Chad Daniels season. Yeah. Mm. It's Andy Kindler season. Oh yeah, that's a, that can be a stormy season. <laughs> People leave uh, unsure of themselves. It, it, I love that about Andy Kindler. He's such a genius about, and it drives me crazy because like I am a people pleaser, right? Mm-hmm. I want to make people laugh. I want to entertain. And if, if I'm feeling like almost to a fault, if I feel like I'm reaching an edge of like maybe losing, losing the crowd, uh, I, I panic inside and run to what I feel I know is safe. And Andy seems to me the exact opposite. If he's killing, he will find a way to pull out a gun and shoot his foot <laughs> just to practice getting out of that. Yeah. I mean, it's brilliant to watch. I will be saving what you said, and I'm going to quote that back to him next time he's Please, here. Please, tell him I'm and, such a huge fan. And get a fan. reaction, yeah. And uh, I just, it, it, the courage... He is so courageous. He, yeah. is, he is one of my favorite comics for that reason. Yeah, he's he's great. He's like a master of all forms of comedy, and he'll throw every single form in the same set mm-hmm. over the course of an evening. Yeah, yeah. One-liner stories, you know. He's the he's the best. We just had uh, Crash and Burn here last week. I heard about this. Yeah. Which I really liked. Emily Galati and, mm-hmm. uh, and other Slagle. comics doing uh, new stuff. Tim Slagle, Brian Miller, yep, and Martha Kelly. How cool. 
Yeah, great. And uh, just like to go on about the the podcast, like I get to do that every year, which is you know besides Tim, three new people participating in it that I right. get to get their point of views on on that whole crash and burn thing. Got got to record two episodes last week instead of just one. We did a first in the last year where we had me as the host and four guests at one time. Never done that before. That was pretty crazy. We've done a double guest. Yeah, two two has been done many times, but not four. Four sure. was four was different, and it was sprung on me like five minutes before we sat down to record. Four that that in my head, I count five people, and I know there's two microphones here, so that seems like a real intimate podcast. Yeah, we use three microphones. Okay. No, I think we just use two as well. Yeah. It's just like just cram around the huh? campfire. Pretty pretty much, pretty much. Kumbaya is what was going on there. So, For Crash and Burn, did people set it up? Like, uh, did someone introduce it at the top of the evening? Slagle's or? the host. Okay, so he, he comes out and he explains to the audience yes. what's going on. He participates and he's the host. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it was really good. I came to the show. I talked about it on, on the episode, the second one I recorded last week, talked about experience the show. I came Wednesday night, did recorded one show Wednesday, came and watched the show Wednesday night, then recorded a second one Thursday. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I had kind of like two perspectives. Very on, cool. Yeah, very good. How... Uh, How's it been back back home? Do you, you consider this home? It's I still do home. consider this home. Yeah, I'm at my parents' house this week. We're here. Uh, my my uh, son, Benny, turns four today. So we're here to celebrate his fourth birthday. We got a nice big party planned for uh, Saturday afternoon. And then Sunday, of course, is uh, is the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. It's Easter. <laughs> what does that mean? It means Easter egg hunt for the boys. Yeah. Uh, Where will that be? They'll be held here at Grandpa and Grandma's yeah, house? Yeah, Grandma's then? house. Yeah, yeah, and Pop Pop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Pop Pop. Pop, Pop. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it's funny, my mother, uh, when she found out she was going to be a grandma, she really hemmed and hawed over what she wanted to be called, you know. And she we was just had to... this talk at my house, just within the last week. <laughs> uh, is, is, is there a baby on the way, Justin? There is or... not. I would... Uh, I, Are you going to be a grandfather? What's happening? Yeah, my, uh, yeah, it's weird. My 10-year-old, uh, she wants to adopt. They grow up so fast. She wants to adopt. No, uh, yeah, well, I want to hear what you were saying, but it just, it, because my... Because I have an ex-wife and a current wife, my kids have lots of uh, in, figures. Not in-laws. Yeah, lots there's, of figures. There's lots of grandmas and grandpas and step grandmas and grandpas and half cousins and so it's, right. Yeah, and you don't want to settle on well, grandma number one and grandma number two. That just sounds bad. You can't. Uh, do you don't want grandma L or grandma B. That's mm-hmm. a little weird. For me, growing up. Both, uh, I just said, two grandparents, two grandmothers, uh, two grandfathers, both of my grandmothers named Evelyn. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's easy and confusing. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So we had to go by last names. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was searching foreign languages uh, the, and the words they use for grandma and grandpa. Okay. And uh, she had really was pitching hard for one that was Mimao. Mimo. Yeah. And my wife is like, I am not letting your mother have a name that's anything close to mama. Yeah. Mimo. Okay. So she's Yaya. 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 I think it's Greek. Okay. Yeah. I We're am... not Greek. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, that Greek uh, heritage is really coming through. <laughs> Husic, Husic. Skanovich. Uh... This is some knowledge that I'm embarrassed that I have. Um, teen, there's that MTV show Teen Mom. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little kid on there that calls his grandmother Mima. Mima. Yeah. Sure. So whatever ethnicity that kid is, that's the 
the book my mom was looking at. Yeah. Or the, the web page. Or she watches Teen Mom and didn't want to tell you that. <laughs> she was a teen mom. Oh. She, she was 16. Whoa. Single. Yeah. You're the, uh, wait, who was this? My mother. Oh, really? Was 16 when she had me. Did you know that? I, now it's now it's starting to come back. I think you she have told me that before. Yeah, I used to have a bit about it. Like growing up, yeah, she, yeah, I had yeah. this hot mom. Yeah, All my friends are like, "Your mom's now. hot." And I was like, "I was inside her once." <laughs> you know, it's not. It's a little inappropriate. I don't, now as a parent, I feel like ugh. <laughs> <laughs> For nine months, high five. <laughs> <laughs> Internal but, baby. Yeah, she was super young, and uh, it's funny. I kind of realized like. We always had a great relationship, always real close. The, like it was a special thing. Like you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a friend with my mom than a son with my mom yeah, in a way, yeah, yeah. sort of. And that felt cool at the time. Uh, but now, as 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 I'm a parent, and I look back, I'm, I'm having all this weird, like emotional kind of. I'm dealing with shit with my mom. You know, like yeah. we're butting heads, and uh, and she doesn't quite know why. And I, I figured it out. It's only when you become a parent that you realize how neglected you were <laughs> because only when you realize uh-huh. the massive amount of responsibility. And I was like, I realized like all the freedom I had is like a, yeah. what felt like a toddler. You uh-huh. know? Like, and I'm so protective. Anyways, <laughs> I, I we'll work it out. We'll work it out. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, no, I, don't, I feel like that's come up before on the podcast, but I want to – can I ask you a couple? Like when yeah. – did was there a time that she ever was like, hey – uh, you know, you're about to be a teenager. I was a teenager. Like, did she use that to scare you away from having sex as a teen or no. being, uh, you know, on no, the straight and narrow? No, or? like I say, like she was supportive of my decisions almost to a fault. Yeah. You know, uh, well, like she let me become a magician. That's probably not a great idea. Uh, <laughs> it's I mean, not? it's it, no to me. It is, and I'm I'm happy <laughs> I got the support. But like in hindsight, like. <laughs> Oh, that's what you want to do with your life? It's better um, than joining a gang. Yeah, I guess. Well, it's a, it is actually kind of a gang. It's kind of a gang. The Magi. <laughs> we band together. Yeah. There's initiations. And oh, that's once you're the, in, you can't leave. Yeah, that's the patch on the back of your jean jacket. That's exactly yeah. it. Okay. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Silhouette of Copperfield. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I went to, uh, I have to tell you this, I went to Vegas back in January and went to Brad Garrett's comedy club. Yeah, great club, huh? Yeah, and he was performing that night, and that's in the same building as David Copperfield. That's right. Have you, have you had a chance to see Brad Garrett perform in that building there? Um, I haven't seen Brad in that room. I've seen many comics in that room. Okay. When I play uh, this Las Vegas, I will often have friends playing there and you so, yeah go see shows and stuff that's kind of what i did kermit appeal was working oh so very we cool went to go see did him. you go in the green room yes isn't that great all the candy and... okay yeah, 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 someone, yeah. oh this is awesome someone <laughs> else knows about it it's so neat yeah, yeah. I, try, I explain that to people i'm like i can't even describe those the it's like an old doctor's desk or something just with, this giant curie cabinet with a million drawers it looks like a dewey decimal system or something yeah okay that's a good way to put it. and each drawer has a different kind of candy candy yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So uh, in Brad Garrett's act, he spends a good amount of time. He sort of. I said this on the podcast last week. I as we were recording last week, I broke the news to Tim Slagle that Don Rickles had passed away earlier oh, that geez. day. Yeah. So that was crazy. But um, but I was saying that. Are you about to tell me Copperfield died? Is it okay to? Do you want to? Should we? Should we stop recording? Then I'll tell you. We'll come back. No. I, as far as I know, he's alive. Okay. Thank God. 
Plus, he'll never die. It'll just be he'll fake it. We'll question it until yes. we're gone. They've mastered the hologram. Yeah, exactly. But Brad Garrett uh, spends a lot of his act, sort of a Don Rickles. Uh, he's, his act is very much like Don Rickles. He rips on everybody in the first four or five rows. I was surprised. I've seen him perform other venues. And yeah, so I was surprised to see that that was his comic voice. Because I'd seen older sets okay. on TV, and it was more straight stand-up. Yeah. I was sort of surprised. Kermit tipped me off to it. Uh, but he spends a fair amount of time ripping on David Copperfield. Really? Apparently they've had some uh, not face-to-face clashes, but Copperfield's not happy that Brad Garrett's in the same building doing his show. Oh, apparently. Copperfield has very, very, very strong uh, opinions about you know his billing. Yeah. You know, no magic in Brad's club. He has a no-compete on the MGM property. Okay. For so magicians. you'll never work there then? Probably not. Yeah, unless I got his blessing, you know. But you can never. You can't say anything bad about him. You, you took an oath, right? I did take an oath. <laughs> I just went to his warehouse uh, last year. What is that? He has this insane warehouse. Uh, Copperfield owns more historical magic pieces and posters and old. Uh, you know, he buys. You know, a famous magician dies, and he buys all their props, their act. And he has a museum that he built in a warehouse in Las Vegas. Oh, really? The front of it is a recreation of his parents' clothing store from New Jersey. Yeah? Uh-huh. And uh, he um, – you go into the clothing store. It's a clothing store. And uh, you go into the – not to ruin anything, but there's maybe a little secret passage uh-huh. situation uh-huh. In, the, uh, in the dressing room. And suddenly you're in – well, the first stop is a shrine to David, you know, just like all the Emmys and a giant screen TV that plays a, a sizzle reel. Sure. And and he's there sitting next to you, you know, like watching <laughs> watching a sizzle reel. Yes, I have performed. For, I've sold more tickets than any solo performer ever. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then you go through this warehouse and there's just all this unbelievable magic. So he was there with you, really? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He was. It was so cool. And he, you, you know, it's very hands-on. Like we were picking up props, That's what I was, and was playing just with stuff, ask, and yeah. Does he know the stories behind things? Like this is the uh, he knows the story behind many of the things. But I'll tell you, he, there's a uh, there's sort of a Citizen Kane vibe to the like the hoarding. You know, like I mean, this is a lot of stuff, and a lot of it he will buy from auctions sight unseen, and apparently is left unwrapped for years. Oh, you know, because he's. They're building a display of uh, Phantasma kits over here, so that's kind of where all the attention is going. I'll tell you. I got gotcha. you. Are you familiar with Citizen Kane? You know, the there's a, there's a scene in Citizen Kane. Uh, it's a newsreel scene where uh, the newsreel camera is in a warehouse space looking at all this ancient art in crates, like Greek sc- statues and but it's all crated okay and the idea is uh he's bought the world's art and none of it is seen you know stored the world's treasures right yeah. and you see this footage of the world's treasures david copperfield bought the prop crates with the art and that is now being stored in his warehouse whoa i am not kidding I, I took a picture <laughs> with the citizen kane prop art that's being stored seen by none in the warehouse where there's tons of art being stored and seen, seen by, by none, none. <laughs> amazing yeah. wow yeah. the mystery of this guy just gets bigger and bigger yeah he's astonishing i mean really he's a machine that, he's uh unbelievable that's crazy that is absolutely crazy um 
How have the uh, how have the shows gone this week so far? So far, great. Yeah, great. Yeah, I am taking advantage of the week to and uh, advantage of the friendliest club on the planet for me. Yeah, um, to work on a couple of sort of new ideas magically that aren't necessarily in my mind fully up to speed. You know, okay, because I can get set a seven show run and kind of. You know, work it out yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So that's been fantastic. I actually, you see this carabiner hanging above you? I, yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice that until just now. Yeah. So I do this thing with a pretty heavy box. It's a locked box, like a little travel safe. Uh-huh. Looks almost like a tour crate, big lock on it. And I hang it up there. And at one point, I unclip it and bring it down. But that stays up there. So the first night I do it and bring it down. And then the next morning I wake up with like the worst backache. <laughs> and I'm like, where did this come from? I have no idea until last night when I reached did for it again. effing box. And it's like, oh, this is exactly where that pain came <laughs> from. So today's been rough. And I'm, I'm looking at that carabiner with fear. Uh, well, clearly that's when you pull up an assistant. I need to get a tall guy to get, hey, t- take that down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You pulled the tall guy from the front row. Yeah. I was actually going to, um, a question that popped into my head, uh, actually I have it on a little note. Well, it's in my pocket, but you can take my word for it. Sometimes I'll be driving and things will come to me and I'll be at a stoplight and just, I have a marker in my car. I'll quickly jot him down. Yeah, great. I don't know how this one came to me, but I was going to ask you, I guess this kind of ties, made me, it just jogged it from my memory just now, is that uh, danger What's the what, what amount of danger have you do you put yourself in? And I'm talking like whole, not even just recently, but like the whole career of tricks. Like, are, there, are you messing with danger at any point? I don't mess with danger. Uh, I don't. That's not like a big part of my voice. Yeah. Theatrically, uh, I'm good friends with David Blaine. He's all about danger. Yeah. To the point of stressing me out. Um, I feel like that guy. I think he wants to die. <laughs> In action, to be a legend, you know? Like, he, I remember when we were, like, 19, he's like, I got an idea. I'm going to print a date on a card and pass it out, and I'm going to tell people, this is the day I'm going to die. Huh? What do you think? I was like, that's horrible. Yeah. That's horrible. That's a horrible thing. But he understood sort of, uh, you know, there's a whole sort of, death cult you know in the world people fascinated sure. and obsessed with mortality and and i think he's clued into that he lost his mother when he was very young he oh. was sad he was 18 and she passed she was beautiful and a huge support of his and uh i think that something switched there and that's when he started like i'm gonna bury myself underground i'm gonna stand on a pole yeah, yeah. 100 feet in the air with no support and no net for two days I mean, just crazy, crazy shit. So that's, I've never quite even understood, like, the draw. Okay. Um, For me, uh, danger is, it's more um, sort of emotional. Okay. You know, like, I I pull a card out of my ass, so there's a danger in, (laughs) you know, Bearing your ass. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm not doing that this week. I'm about 50 pounds overweight, Joe. <laughs> uh, I've been very busy, but not not the healthiest. It's brutal. Dad bod is trending. Dad bod is killing me. It's trending. I, it is horrible. It is a nightmare. Literally, I literally dad bod. I have my boys' names tattooed over my heart. On you do? My chest. Yeah. Edward and Benjamin, right there. 
And uh, the last checkup, this is less than two weeks ago, and I am embarrassed. I'm getting a checkup, and I know I'm, I'm ashamed of where I'm at, dad bod. And he's like, all right, well, take off your shirt. And I take off my shirt, but I'm just – I'm filled with like I'm embarrassed, and I'm, I feel – literally naked uh, and exposed. And he comes around the table and he, and he takes a look at my chest and he says, so these must be your boys. And I forgot I had the tattoo. I thought he was talking about... <laughs> Shut my, up. I'm not kidding. I was like, what? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, right, the tattoo. Yes, yes, these are my boys. These are my boys. <laughs> the... <laughs> So, I think, like, these are my girls. Yeah, right. <laughs> You've been playing with the boys. Oh, uh, oh. Does it show? What do I? My bru- oh. do, I have, do I have bruising? <laughs> the boys. You know you're in rough shape when your doctor's like literally saying, maybe after eight celery. Mm-hmm. Maybe celery at night. Celery. <laughs> uh, Keep your mouth busy with celery. Now, apparently, celery burns more calories than it has. I've heard that. It's like the miracle food. Yeah. I can't eat it without peanut butter, personally. Right. Well, that's how you have to eat it. Yeah. Peanut butter. I want to go and... Uh, oh, let, let's talk about Easter for a second yeah. before we move on to the... Um, I want to talk about Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome. That was really fun. Yeah. So the um, so Easter is... And you'll still be in town, you said? Yeah. We're staying through till Monday night. Okay. Um. Did you do the Easter egg hunts and stuff when you were a kid? Not big public ones. Always uh, just at my grandma's house. Oh. And then, uh, yeah, just home home parents hiding stuff. Yeah. My mother did a great thing. Uh, I'll never forget it one year. Little uh, sort of dirty bunny footprints. Oh, yeah. From a window over a couch, uh-huh. you know, to where my basket is, and that, then out another window. You'll never forget that. Oh, my God. That was that was real. Yeah. That was evidence. Uh, yeah. It's it like, holy. This bunny yeah. needs to wash its feet off. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, I remember getting once a... Um, uh, they would. I would get like they would do at my house. I would get the trail of candy like leading from. I would open the you know my bedroom door when I woke up in the morning, and there would be that would start the trail of candy. Nice, like jelly beans or something that would then lead to the nice. basket, and then the basket would have some candy as well. And then there would be some sort of cassette tape or CD as I got a little bit older. Uh, I remember getting this is. Debbie Gibson's Electric Youth on cassette uh, 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 <laughs> for Easter. <laughs> Dreams do come true, Justin. Right? <laughs> and at the time, it's something I wanted really badly. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Even better. Yeah. Even better. Electric Youth. You wear it out. Uh, yeah. You wear that tape out. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Upgrade to the CD. And if you know, I don't think I did that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I want to talk. I, um... Going back, it's uh, we're now in April 2017. Back in, I think it was October, right? You were on an episode of Marvel's Agents of Shield. I was episode uh, four of this season. Now, let me tell you, that is a show that is one of the handful of shows that my wife and I have uh, watched together um, from season one, like every episode, season two, season three, except for this season. Oh, really? However. I have them recorded. Not a Ghost Rider uh, fan. Uh, they, you know what? It was start. I see. I, I, uh, they were kind of losing us, jumping the shark a little, a little bit. Yeah. 
And uh, I've, but my DVR is still set to record every episode. So actually, within the last few days, I went back and watched the episode that okay. you were on because I still had it. Great. Yes, but when I uh, I was trying to skip through and just like, oh, I'll see Derek's face and then I'll stop. It. I was right at the top. I missed that beginning. I missed the first part. Oh, you buzzed through. I buzzed through the, your first scene. So then when I saw you and they made some reference to a magic trick, I'm like, oh, he must have been at the beginning. I opened the show. You opened the show. Yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. So let's back up Place here. to be. Did I know that you you were in the uh, Captain America movie? I, sh- I, I have that IMDb credit. I shot a scene um, and uh, it got cut. It got cut. Um, so that's why I don't think I ever knew. But it's still – it's in there. It's in the – it's the final montage. This was part of reshoots. Um, they had done a cut and the network or the studio had notes, right, with test screening. I think – isn't that crazy how art is pushed through a media hmm. machine uh, now? I mean, yeah. So much money though. Uh, but I'm buddies with the directors. The Russo brothers are awesome and I've done a bunch of commercials with them over the years. And so – I actually did not audition. I got a call saying, hey, uh, here's your call time. How great. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And uh, it was the Russos. And it was part of – they were shooting um, stuff to sort of change the wrap-up. They were doing a montage wrap-up. This is Captain America Winter Soldier. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, the shit's really hit the fan and – everyone's going their own directions. The band is broken up, you know? Yeah. And you're kind of seeing where everybody goes. And what's her name from, uh, it's, I get her name, Colby? Colby Smulders? The actress. From How I Met Your Mother. That's right. Yeah. she plays, she's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So this was, I was part of where she ended up. And so uh, she ended up working for Tony Stark at the end of the movie. So they shot a scene between me and her where it's Stark Industries. I've got a lab coat. I've got a... Um, a Stark Industries name badge, which I still have. Okay. Uh, I'm the head of human resources okay. at Stark Industries. Yeah. And I'm giving her a lie detector test because she's getting a job. And, and there's a moment that's funny. And uh, we took a bunch of different takes. And I was so excited because it was going to be the, the last moment of levity in the entire film. Yeah. It's like a little joke moment between me and her. Uh-huh. I understood when it got cut. It was frustrating, too, because I talked to the uh, Russos and they're like, it made it in. And then, like, a week before it released, they're like, No. I'm so sorry. Oh. I was wrong. And they felt horrible. Yeah. They're great guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was bummed. But it's still in the movie. I'm just off screen. Oh. <laughs> so she's at Stark Industries, and uh-huh. you see the glass, and it says Stark, and you can see that she's getting a lie detector test, and it's silent. There's no words. And it totally makes sense, because their job is to tell the story. And a joke at that moment would have uh, you're getting a sort of a voiceover of this congressional testimonial that and this montage of uh-huh. no sound scenes to see where everybody's ended up and I totally understood but I was so fucking bummed yeah how many days did you just one just one day on just the one set day. there yeah yeah it was easy it was great was uh, uh, any of the other stars around? Um, Samuel L. Jackson. He was. Uh, just in passing. Okay. Because uh, he wasn't in the scene okay. with me. They were doing another pickup shot of a sort of a 
there was great. There was like this SUV filled with bullet holes, you know, on set as I was walking to the soundstage. Very really cool. cool. Yeah. That's is that like the biggest production you've been a part of? Mr. Deeds was pretty huge. Oh yeah, Mr. Deeds. Um and that was I mean that was that was a big movie. This was I don't think I got the full extent of the of how big that production sure, was because it already these were re, these were reshoots these were pickups so yeah, it was yeah. just little you know the, you know the huge production was Marvel Agents of Shield they dominate Culver Studios they've got like five sound stages i you know that big jet is right there you know in a in a sound stage for them to so cool yeah it was it was really so cool so when you did when you record when you were filmed for uh the movie did, and then you get cut out of the movie. Did you ever think? Did they ever say like, "Hey, you have, you may have like a role that we can get you back into the world of Mar- Marvel and the Avengers"? Did you? How did that happen? Uh, it's completely unrelated. Really, uh, I thought it was when I got the call for the audition for um, Agents of Shield. I assumed the Russos were directing it because they've directed other Marvel television stuff oh they had nothing to do with it nothing zero it was the casting director who i'd worked with years ago and saw the role and the role involved magic and she immediately thought well i know a magician who's a great actor and uh i don't think she called in very many people if any other people yeah it was pretty great yeah and uh i guess they they showed the audition tape to craig who was the writer of the episode he's a executive producer on the show and writes a lot of the episodes craig titley's a really cool guy okay um and you know apparently he was like yep that's the character like great so it felt nice a lot of support people were excited i came up with uh, a couple of magic beats specifically for uh from the script you know they described some magic and i invented methods to create this magic that would look good on camera okay right and uh, they cut one of them. There was this flower production I do uh, to give to Yo-Yo after she saves me yeah. from the, the bad guys. And, uh, again, I could tell why they did it. It was a kind of an offbeat moment, and they got more story to tell. So Yeah. I was going <laughs> to – it's funny you say that uh, because I was going to ask you uh, – yeah, you're, so then I went back and saw your scene at the beginning doing the trick. Right. And um, – and then when you come back later, and then they're trying to figure out who the Inhuman is, right? And yeah, the idea, just for, sorry for listeners if you're not fans of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the idea is I'm a magician working at a party, and these insurgents insur- uh, lock down the hotel and come in guns blazing, looking for uh, Someone inhumans, with superpowers. people with superpowers, and some drunk party goers like hey i think that guy over there is doing some weird stuff and so they throw me on the ground they got a shotgun to my neck they're like you know what are your powers and i'm like i just slide a hand man yeah <laughs> you know and then i get saved and it was big fight scene you took a punch to the gut i took a i took a yeah i took a big punch to the gut i rewound it i was like is that did is this him in that, that good bro- yeah that yeah. was me uh-huh yeah yeah really good i think they were a little surprised like they knew they casted a magician and uh they were watching some of my youtube stuff so they knew i was like i had some chops you know in my in my in that uh craft yeah but 
you know, I think they were really pleasantly surprised with, you know, like I'm a trained actor. I studied at the University of Minnesota and mm-hmm. I've done many plays and I love acting. And I mean, magic requires acting. Sure. You know, I'm in my magic act. I'm using the tools of the actor to create what seems to be a spontaneous moment yeah, you know, yeah. night after night. Um, so when I got hit in the gut and then I was like, I'm delivering lines and like I'm. You know, I'm affected. Uh-huh. You know, they were so they were so stoked. I got to tell you, it's so cool watching that and knowing you. Like, look at him. Look at him. He's fucking on my TV right now. Like, <laughs> look, at act, look at him act. Oh. Look at him doing his acting. It's so cool, man. You I, act, Derek. You yeah. act. So please keep getting more roles so I can live vicariously through you doing. Let me those. tell you, I I've been touring a lot, performing live, paying for kids. Yeah, you know, kids they they change the game. Um, so I haven't been in LA a lot for a lot of auditions. Okay. Um, and it had been a while since I'd been on a, you know, a real bustling set and man, it felt great. Yeah. I like, oh yeah, that's right. I love this. This is what I moved here for. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I, um, that you said that there was another scene later on that got cut with you doing some trick with a flower. I, my question I was going to ask you is, uh, like the she saves you the guns to your head and then she does uses her you know she's sort of like the flash can move super fast and like yeah. get things and move things and they before anybody can see it in a blink of an eye and uh all of a sudden the gun's gone and then everybody starts and the rest of the shield guys come in and save the day and everybody's fighting and all of a sudden you're gone i what did uh did you run away or <laughs> right well here's the thing scene that got cut i walk up to her and uh make a flower appear and give it to her and say thank you and then I walk past her, and as I'm leaving, in the distance, I pass that guy that dimed me out. Who looks like Brendan Walsh, by the way? Yeah, he does. <laughs> Super cool guy. Um, and I punch him. Oh, nice. And then I exit, shaking my hand. Yeah. Um, but that, again, you know, they shoot for, you know, the 40, 46 minutes of content or whatever that is a, an hour-long television show. I think they shoot... Over an hour of footage, you know, material. Yeah. And then they tighten, 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 tighten. So. Did you get to watch it when it was on TV? Oh, yeah. The episode? Yeah. Were you I home was that in, night um, watching? No, no. I was, in a, I was in a hotel room. I was on the road because Craig invited me. It, was, it sucked. You know, Craig uh, invited me to a screening party at his place, the writer. Okay. And I really wanted to go, but I was... I was working. I got to tell you, Craig uh, on set was showing pictures uh, of some of his time uh, on some dates with Debbie Gibson. Get out of here. No joke. What? I'm not kidding. Debbie or Deborah? <laughs> I think this was Deborah. This is Deborah. Yes, okay. yes. I mean, right. this is in the recent past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was, I wonder, uh, I haven't talked to him. I think there was still a potential thing that was kind of, you know, like they've been hanging out. Get um, out of here. So I'll have to bug him. <laughs> we're, the truth is we're, we're all only. Must have been love. Yeah. We're all only separated by a few degrees, really. Yes. You know, when it all comes down to it. Did you get to, uh, I, I had a, when I searched, I went on uh, Google and I searched Derek Hughes and I think Avengers or Marvel or something. And then I'm sure you've seen this. You come up on like a. Marvel Wikipedia page. I have no idea. Is that true? Yeah. Oh. Like a deep, like a, you know, everybody, everything that has a huge fandom yeah. ends up having like a, their own yeah. kind of wiki, wiki yeah, of page, right? 
and you're on an agent or just a Marvel in general, and it, that's how I, that's why I put, did the connection. That's of, amazing. That's how I did the connection. Oh, I gotta of put your, that link on my website. Yes, of your role in the movie and then your role on the TV show. I couldn't. I did couldn't differentiate that there was a different character. I thought I just assumed they were connected, but that's how I saw it. Yeah, sure. I uh, you know I have this fantasy that uh, the, the the magician character comes back and he really did have powers. And you know, and like, I would love to be a bad guy. Honestly, I mean, there's, there's no reason why that won't happen. I'm, I'm saying, I gotta, as far I as like a storyline in those shows, there's that's not out of the question no, at I all. Know. I know, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get to pick the name, the the amazing Burtz? Was that right? No, I... no, that was Craig's choice. Okay. Uh, and uh, that's it was an homage to someone in his life. Oh, yeah. Right on. And now you said you left the movie set with your name tag. Did you leave? Did you leave with any other souvenirs from the? No, just the name tag, and they were really strict about that. No, like that is for my personal coveting and enjoyment, never to be posted. Is or, that like, right? Really, like I signed. They have you sign paperwork, you know, because um, they didn't. They didn't want any information about the movie leaked. Before it premiered. Sure, sure. You know, and so here's this name tag that says Head of Human Resources, Stark Industries. Yeah. Who knows what buzz that would have caused right. on Nerd Feed or, right? You should put that on a, uh, on your, well, you don't need a resume for anything. Throw it on there. Head of HR. Head of HR. Stark. <laughs> Stark. Heard of it? Well, that's the, that's the role I want. To be like a recur, I want to come back. Yeah, who wouldn't? And be the you know like walking around with Tony Stark and talking about look, you know, it was really harassing her. Like, <laughs> did you see what she was wearing? That's right. Like, he has a real problem <laughs> with some of the outfits. Like, look, can we get something a little less skin tight? We just watched the uh, episode. We're going through old episodes of uh, The Office. Okay, my wife and I. And th- did you watch that show a lot uh, at all? I, no. Yeah. No. Nothing really religious. For years, we just watched, we watched one last night, and it was uh, there was uh, someone had been uh, flashed, like a guy had flashed one of the female staffers. Yes, and so the Dwight was like going over the top to you know protect everyone, and he handed out a, a page of all the new rules for women in the office, and it was like flat shoes only, no cleavage, long sleeves, <laughs> just, like it was their fault. Yes. This guy. <laughs> It's the worst. I don't, I don't think you're missing what happened here. I don't think they, it was their fault. <laughs> I don't know. This is reminding me of a story. My wife and I were walking down Main Street in uh, Little Santa Monica, which is just north of Venice. Um, and we passed this homeless guy one night. And she, he was staring her right in the eyes as we passed. She locked eyes with this guy as we walked. But I locked eyes with his exposed dick in his hand that was furiously uh, shaking, right? And we were like, did you see that? She's like, yeah, he stared me in the eyes. It was so weird. It's like, he stared you in the eyes. I stared him in the dick. <laughs> For a long time, we were like, oh, I looked him in the dick. <laughs> but I hate that. He was, star- he was making eye contact with my wife. Yeah. You're like, what's wrong with me? That's what you meant, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, what am I? Chop liver? <laughs> yeah, come on. Can appreciate what you're doing there. Oh, that... <laughs> I got manneries. <laughs> come on. What about the boys? Yeah, what about the boys? <laughs> oh, I, I love that. Are you? Um, I saw you got nominated. Um, 
Parlor Magician of the Year. Yeah. How the, many years have you, in a row? Or this how is many? my fourth nomination. Fourth four nomination. Four years in a row. Uh, the Academy of Magical Arts, which is the uh, – our clubhouse is the Magic Castle mm-hmm. out there in Hollywood. And my favorite venue in there is the Parlor. And the Magician membership every year nominates uh, four magicians to win – maybe win Parlor Magician of the Year. Yeah. And I didn't win. The awards were uh, last week. Yeah. And it was really fun. Charlene and I dressed up. Oh, you went? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Tuxedo and, uh, you know, so, I mean, there's my best friends in the world. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the guy who won against me is really one of my very best friends, you know. And I couldn't have been happier because he's been nominated, I want to say, 14 times. Oh. Oh, yeah. First win? First win. Okay. He's an asshole. He knows it, uh-huh. but it's kind of a popularity contest in a way. You know, it's it's. I'm not saying that your act, the best act, doesn't win. What am I trying to say? I'm not saying it's like the act is important, but it's also kind of who you are and how social you are, and if you're if you're present and around sure. and a part of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Lovick. My buddy John Lovick, and he goes by the name Handsome Jack, is his persona okay. on stage. Um, magician, male model. Oh, uh, but he's uh, you know he's in his late forties and completely bald and <laughs> deluded. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, I heard him describe once uh, sort of how he came up with the persona and, and the idea. What he wanted to do was a waspy Woody Allen. So if you can take that contradiction, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Kind of a uh, an, an entitled nebbish. <laughs> it's, I'm it's, not sure that's been done before. Well, you know what? You, you would when you see his act, you go, "Oh my god, that's it! He's doing it! Like he totally did it! Look yeah. at that! Yeah." Um, so he published a fantastic book about many of his original routines for the magic community, and not only was it uh, a great book of magic. I mean, his routines are just genius um, and entertaining and well thought out. Uh, he's a has a degree in directing, so he has a very theatrical mindset. Um, but the book, since he has this strong persona on stage that is different than who he is, the book is written by Handsome Jack, and it's annotated by John Lovick. Oh, interesting. And it is so deep and well thought out. I mean, he really wrote a fantastic, entertaining, informative book for, you know, the canon of magic magic literature. And that's you know, so. Of course, he gets he wins. You know, yeah, like, okay. You you finally. When's your book coming? Oh God, uh, Humpty Dumpty is <laughs> about to be published. Okay, I wrote a poem, Humpty Dumpty lived near a wall, and my buddy has been illustrating it for five years. For real? For real? We just had a meeting last night, and because uh, I I wanted it to be done now. I I, I had I so badly. I got a you know a whiteboard in my office back in California that has the rough of the book and the word Easter above it with arrows pointing. It was going to be this week. We were going to rent a gallery space, do large prints of the artwork, do a book signing, and because it's an egg and it's about resurrection and you know like yeah. it's Easter and it's it's just but you know this is what was a it's going to be or a children's book. It is a children's book. Uh, it's it's in the style of a children's book, but it's really. Um, it's a it's it's a poem. It's just a rewriting of the poem. 
I performed it on America's Got Talent. Oh, yeah. I did a news, a paper tear. Yes. And I printed some of my friend's artwork. Nathan Christopher has done this incredible artwork. Yes, yes. And uh, so I used that as this. I wore pajamas. Yes. Oh, I, was yeah, like, I remember reading my now. bedtime story to my sons via live television. Yes. Back in California. Fantastic. Favorite thing I've ever done on stage. Favorite thing I've ever created. Just awesome. Everything that came together. The newspaper trick is so great. So to apply it to a sort of a storybook idea and then the his illustrations were great and so anyways we're very close okay and we're gonna we're gonna make this book and then and then i'll sell it as merch very cool that's the plan on a quick side note that has nothing to do with you i apologize for this but i'm proud that my sister recently illustrated a children's book really yes um and people should look her up Allison Severson. Um, she's got a website that has pictures of her art and stuff that she's done, just, you know, freelance stuff, as well as this book that uh, just got published that you can buy, you know, where books are sold. Now, this is so interesting, and I have to ask you, uh, she didn't write the book. She illustrated it. She correct? never even met the guy that she wrote it. She never even met the guy that wrote it. That's the industry standard for children's books. I've done some research because I was thinking of pitching this to a publisher, mm -hmm. but I already have my artist. He's already making the art. And that is really not common at all. Oh, yeah. It blew my mind mm -hmm. to find that out. Um, one of my best friends, Adam Rubin, is a children's author. He wrote uh, Those Darn Squirrels, Dragons Love Tacos, and a handful of others. Dragons Love Tacos 2 is about to come out. Oh, I think I saw You must have posted about this on Twitter or something. Um, well, New York Times bestselling children's book, you yeah. know? So I do. I, I definitely tweet when his stuff is happening. Yeah. But, you know, he's got T-shirts at Target. Oh, wow. You know, for these... These books, Dragons of Tacos in particular, is the big hit. Okay. Um, but he and the artist of those books actually are friends, which is so rare. Like they they wrote them together. Yeah. And that, I guess, never happens. Yeah, it's interesting then, like uh, my, from my sister's perspective, like she drew all these, you know, did all these pictures for the book and then has no say in how they cropped them to put him in the book. So... That's crazy yeah. to me. Uh huh. I think it's really weird. Like when I found that out too, I got I got a little. I felt my respect for children's authors dropped a little. Really? Well, because you know you think the artwork is what brings it to life. I gotcha. Yeah. And if you really if you take the artwork away and read almost any children's book, it's dumb. It's dumb words. Yeah. It's dumb stories. It's dumb stuff. Uh huh. And so someone out there is writing that dumb thing. Yeah. And then turning that into their publisher and they're like great and they're finding an artist yeah, we'll yeah. bring it to life uh-huh yeah you're right you're right wow that's i didn't even know you were actually writing something so that's uh that's pretty cool i think we had the big breakthrough last night there's this one panel when humpty finally climbs all the way up and kind of get looks over the wall and uh the, the the idea was he was it was going to be a just a two page panel of Humpty's eyes peeking over the wall with a look of wonder in his eyes, but that's been very hard to capture and it's just been kind of missing the mark. And uh, we last night completely changed it around. It's going to be a sort of a, a perspective shot from a distance of the ladder up the wall and Humpty just sitting facing away from us. Oh yeah, I can see you know, that. And just contemplating like he did it. Yeah. You know, yeah, that and works. Because here's what we realized last night: the whole story, uh, the story opens. Humpty Dumpty lived near a wall. Humpty Dumpty had no fun at all, right? And but we never, he never sits on the wall. But he's got to sit on the wall. Yeah, that's what Humpty does. Yeah, 
That's the whole thing. <laughs> so last night we were like, yes, he'll sit on the wall. Perfect. Done. Wrap it up. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Do you um, – I was looking at the time here. There's so much more stuff I want to squeeze in here before uh, we got to run here. Have you done any more work on the Carbonaro Bummed about show. this, actually. I'll tell you, uh, because I love that show. I love working on the show. It's such a challenge, and it's such a it's an amazing product, you know. And Michael's an, a huge talent. Um, and we were comparing notes uh, in late February. Michael and I were on the phone talking about calendars going into shooting the second half of the third season, which is uh, going to shoot this summer from early June through August. Uh-huh. And we're looking at what I have on the calendar and we're going over dates and it's it's like, it's actually kind of going to work. Like it didn't work the last time through because of my tour schedule. But like, okay, this will piece together. Well, I th- think what happened is in that conversation, I was brain farting. We were talking numbers as days, but I was looking at May and he was looking at April. Oh, right. Yeah. So... It all f- fell through, and no, I'm just supporting from afar oh, okay. on the next order. Okay. They started writing uh, this week, and I was you know, here. What do you think um, is, you know, they say, like, just uh, comedy, just, you know, let's talk specifically comedy, not the magic part, but comedy this sort of goes in waves. And, like, mm-hmm. I think right now we're, uh, we're doing real, like, we. The yeah. industry that yeah. I love so much is doing really well. Comedy is very popular, right? When CNN does a history of, yes. you know you're doing okay. Exactly. Um, we're similar in magic. Magic's booming okay. to a fault. Okay. I feel magic needs to be a little, a little hard to find, a mysterious surprise, something that lives in the shadows a little. And, I mean, there's, there's multiple television projects and uh it's almost too much okay i think out there yeah because I, a magician recently well like i was seeing like won the britain's got talent show or maybe the last season of that was that true yeah oh great and i was reading something saying you know and they're it's it reminded me of what the like kind of when you were on wasn't yeah. didn't a magician had just won the previous? Yeah, Matt Franco had won the year Matt before. Matt Franco, yeah, yeah. So then you're kind of battling that, like, oh, another magician? Are we going to do that again? Do they to, to win? Do you need to be better than the guy that just won? Right. And that's what I was just reading something about, like the Britain's Got Talent that the, the, some critic was going. You were saying something similar that yeah they got all these guys like now it's the hot thing and now they have all these uh, finalists that are magicians but he's looking at it like it's probably not a good year because you need to be better than the guy that already won. Sure, it was tough. Well, I mean, really, that is so true. Matt had won the year before. Um, he's the reason I did the show. He was like, you should, you should do it, and he forwarded some video to uh, some of the producers, and then, you know. Reluctant. I was a little reluctant. Yeah, I was. I, you know, I was nervous about it. Like your how your sister doesn't have final edit over how they're going to crop her art. That's how I kind of felt. Like I've done all this work to create what I feel is this beautiful, wonderful material, and I have no control over how it's cut, shot, or edited. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It feels like you know, kind of offering your your child to sacrifice, and you hope they make him king. <laughs> right. Not throw him in the volcano. You know. Um. <laughs> But and so that same year I did it, there was in the finalist in the finals out of the top ten uh, that year, 
uh, I think four of us were magicians, arguably. Yeah. Stevie Starr was the regurgitator, but that has an element of magic and mystery to it. So I, I argue he Stevie Star. Yeah. Oz Perlman, the mentalist, the the, the Wall Street mentalist. I, I have to give Oz a hard time. Oh, I quit a career on Wall Street to be a mentalist. Oh wait, you can predict shit and know the future, but you left Wall Street? I call bullshit. I call bullshit. I say if you had those powers, you would have told no one. Correct. And you'd be a hedge fund guru. Yeah. Yeah. The most successful ever. Yes. Yeah. I don't think you should tell anyone you worked in Wall Street ever. That um, connection just doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then Piff, you know, so it was right. like four magicians splitting what you might call the magic vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I gotcha. Yeah. Are you? What do you know about this uh, movie that's coming out? Slight. Do you know anything about that? I don't. Nothing. It comes out uh, when you search magic in news on Google. Yeah. It has quite a few stories. Slight. Slight. Who's in it? It is a. I don't. I don't know. Who, I don't think he's not a professional magician. Okay. It's a story of a uh, inner city kid who does you know street magic, and then there's certain. I haven't seen it, obviously. I watched the trailer, read some stuff about it. Then uses his skills is to sort of, like, save the day. Like, okay. sort of superhero-ish cool. sci-fi, but also, like, starts as just, you know, he's doing what you do, what you did. You know? Nice. Just card tricks right in front of people. Yeah. Yeah. But you haven't heard anything about that, huh? No, no. no. Okay. But again, I, you know, <laughs> three now four-year-old and a five-year-old. Yeah. And- you know. Well, that leads to one other thing I want to ask you about. Do how are they? How are they with the uh, magic skills? Are they? Have they caught on? Have they learned? Have you taught them anything? Did they think that all you do is lie for a living? No, they love magic and they love that I am a magician right now. You know, they're really clearly into it. Uh, last day before spring break, I went in and did a magic for Edward's kindergarten class. Awesome! And Edward got up and did. A trick with me, you know. Uh, we have this magic drawer box, and he made the deck of cards I needed for the next trick appear for his classmates, and uh, it was great. It was great. He's. Uh, did you did you uh, swear him to secrecy, and that once you left, he wouldn't tell all the other kids how you did it? Yes, we have talked about that um, because he does like because the method is ve- can be very clever and almost as entertaining as the effect mm-hmm. sometimes. Sure. Um, so we've had to, you know, there's this trick with a, with a rope, little piece of rope goes into a plastic box and the box kind of cuts the rope in half. But if you do it real slow, you can kind of see the, the mechanics behind it. Uh And, you know, we gave him that trick and he was showing everybody. All right, (laughs) settle down. I love that. I uh, I watched a video in the last couple of days. It was a um, like a street performer doing magic. I believe it was in China, and he's doing this thing where he's sta- it's the the magician. He's standing there, and uh, to kind of like over his left. No, it would be his right shoulder is the upper half of a guy's body. And over his uh, left shoulder is the bottom half. And the idea, the idea like they don't show that part, but the idea was he had just sliced this guy in half and he was about to somehow put him back together. Someone comes up in the meantime and throws some firecrackers 
towards this magician's feet. Uh-huh. So the guy uh-huh. that's cut in half all of a sudden jump jumps off the pole uh-huh. he's stuck uh-huh. to and uh-huh. runs away. So the fucking the joke the trick is blown because they, they you know all, all of a sudden you see this pole that the guy was balancing wow. on. Yeah. It's like the equivalent of uh blowing flower at the invisible man, you know, like Yes. You're going to see uh, through the firecrackers you uh it exposes. Yes. Well, that sucks for him. Yeah. I mean, have, have, do you have you ever worry like of outside interference blowing something for you? Blowing the illusion? Uh I really try to I'm glad I have the the amount of hours I have in the trenches doing it. Yeah. Cuz uh it I'm pretty aware of elements that could take me in a bad place. Yeah. Right? And I, I avoid or eliminate or adjust. You know, uh, just recently I was doing something where behind me in this venue is a wall of mirrors. Yeah. Like I'm in – Great I'm example. A mirror. Mm-hmm. So I, there's adjustments maybe you have to make with one or two of the things you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And But it gives me a great joke. To oh. acknowledge that to the audience. Yeah, oh, yeah. great. Thanks for putting the magic act in front of a wall of mirrors. <laughs> this is going to be an great exciting Great idea. Night. I'm going to travel with this yeah. now. Yeah. Really great addition to the act. Well, you should watch that video. You'll probably cry for the oh, guy. Oh, cringe. I, I don't. I, yeah. You know. There's nothing worse. You know, a joke goes bad. Eh. Move on to the next joke. Magic goes bad, and you are not magic. Yeah. You're just not magic uh-huh. anymore. Right? Yeah. Uh huh. Done. Yeah. Oh, that show was done for the day. There's no doubt yeah, about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the poor guy. Did the illusion look good before the firecrackers? Uh huh. Wow. Yeah. And that's and that's with me <laughs> having the knowledge that something's about to go bad and that it's obviously a you know a trick, and it still was like, oh, that's pretty good. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh huh. I'll have to show that one to you. Is there? Uh, Looking at the time here. Yeah, is there anything else we should be mentioning before we hit the road? Uh, Besides that people obviously need to come see you here. The, yeah, some please point come the down. Well, you know, working out some new stuff. And um, the uh, Trevor and Robert, uh, our feature and yes. our, our MC this week, are great. And, uh, you know, this is, if as you know, if you're listening to No Laugh Track, it's, this is the best comedy club ever. And so, uh, you know, come down and... Live in the moment for a couple hours with us. Damn right. Right on. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I want to. Uh, I haven't mentioned this recently. Uh, it's been a while. But if you made it this far through the podcast, you were obviously a fan. Please, please, it would be nice if you do me a favor and give a little rating, review, give a little, you know, give a little, give us a little attention online. I, I would really, really, really appreciate that. And I think that's it, Derek. Continued success, my friend. Thanks, Justin. Great to see you. Great to see you. Um, and could you, um, like I said, get back on TV because that's really enjoyable for me. That's my plan. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, you know what? I hadn't thought about that, but that's a great idea. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. I'll do that. <laughs>